Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'd like to dedicate this episode of the Puggle Podcast to my wife, Catherine, because she's amazing. And now, coming to you live. From atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle Podcast. It's Puckle! Puckle! It's Puckle! Puckle! Pokemon Underground Champions League, oh yeah! Puckle! Puckle. And welcome to the 386th episode of the Puckle Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with my excellent co-host, first, but certainly not least, the most forward of co-hosts, Professor Snag. I think that's how you pronounce that word, by the way. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what word you're trying to say, but... <laughs> forward. It's like, it's like forward, but with the R and the O reversed. <laughs> um, and then it's apparently a word in the English language. And I imagine it has something to do with the big hair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, we've got the cogent uh, co-host, uh, Basket. These are all SAT words. People should go look them up. Um, What's up, Puckle Peeps? I'm sure we have high school students that need to learn these words. So cogent and froward are your words this week. Uh, <laughs> welcome <laughs> welcome to the show if you're new. Welcome to Puckle, brought to you by Cogent. <laughs> and the letter c yes <laughs> yes thank you <laughs> uh puckle is the podcast of course standing for the pokemon underground champions league a nonsensical name that i came up with in 2007 back when we were playing pokemon in basements uh during during the during the refugee years um but then of <laughs> course but we are the show that talks everything pokemon from the trading card game to the video game to even things like let's go um and uh, we are we we have a great show lined up for you today. It's a little bit different than our normal show. Uh, this is our interview show. We do try to do one of these every four-ish weeks or so. Uh, so this week we actually, I'm actually pretty excited. We got False Swipe Gaming this week. So Ooh, that's exciting. That, I, I like every Sunday after church, I come come in and like while I'm making uh, lunch and stuff for my family, it's, I'm watching their videos. So yeah, he's actually a really cool guy. So he, he that's going to be at the end of the show this week. So you'll have to unfortunately listen to it all because I don't have timestamps for every segment. But we'll, we're going to start with this little chitter chatter that we usually do. Then we're going to jump into some uh, goings on in the Pokemon slash Puckle universe. And then we're going to switch gears to Poke Quiz to warm up the co-host, followed by our topic today, which is actually kind of exciting. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this one. And then we're going to go with the Pokemon of the episode and then wrap everything up with the interview, like we said. So let's, uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's get into it. What have you guys been up to? I guess we'll start with you, Snag. It's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, for for new listeners, hi, I'm Professor Snag. Uh, I, I'm on the show. <laughs> but... Uh, you, you... <laughs> 
Um, but of course you can catch me on Puckle Plus where I host Game Corner. But yeah, things have been, uh, really good. Uh, doing draft leagues is very busy, but, uh, we do have some exciting news about that. Uh, as Thatch has mentioned in some previous episodes, uh, he and I have been involved in the Upple, the United Pokemon Podcasters League, and I'm in the championship, so. Woo! I'm just happy. Nice. You did, you did a good job. You did a good job. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, by the time this show goes out, uh, it'll be completed, but you'll have to go to the Battle Spot podcast on Thursday to, to find out the results. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So really excited about that. Oh, yeah. No, it was a good time all around. Just that entire league. That was, uh, that was good. Good on Jolly and Blastburn for doing that, putting that together. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to season two, whatever that may look like. And yeah, I'm going up against Jolly. He's a very, very good opponent, but I, I think I have a team that can, can go against him. Ooh. Uh, all right. Uh, I mean, anything else? I mean, it's been, it's been like, I don't know. I think it's almost six months now. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, that's, that's, that's probably right. Um, uh, I don't know, just like, uh, I'm, a, I'm a teacher and so it's been testing season, ACT Oof. and, uh, end of, end of course, uh, state testing. It's just been, uh, hectic for that. And, um, I don't know. Can you, can you guys believe that, uh, my youngest snagger and he's one now? Ooh. <laughs> almost. Yeah, by, yeah. by the time the episode comes out, he'll be one. Wow. wow. That's true. I guess that's true. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and thinking about it, thinking about timelines. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, other than that, yeah, just a uh, very busy parenting and Pokemon life. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, what about you, Basket? What you been up to? Well, um, this is my debut episode coming back from a small hiatus. Um, the first debut episode. I ruined for everybody, and I'm so sorry, Puckle people. I'm so sorry that you missed out on that episode. Um, completely my fault. Uh, so, yay, I'm back! <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, basically, I've started a, um, uh, a, a Nuzlocke in X and Y so that I can, uh, get to the part where I can get U-turn. So that I can then beat that game and put U-turn on a Pidgey and then on a level five Pidgey and then have the level five Pidgey with U-turn be my starter on, uh, or on, on an Oris Nuzlocke because you can get the Pidgeotite like in, uh, I don't remember the town. Is it Vanderf? Uh, no, I can't remember. But either way, it's like after like the third or fourth gym. And I would just love the idea of like rolling with a, <laughs> with a mega Pidgeot. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that sounds fun though. Uh, yeah. I, I'm kudos to you for going back to Kalos. I, uh, those, those are some of my favorite games and that's like how closely related that, that, the, um, that, uh, Galar looks to Kalos is why I'm really hyped for Sword and Shield. I feel, I feel like that's absolutely 1000% true. <laughs> like, like when, when I was watching the trailer, I was like, is this Kalos? <laughs> yeah. No. Is, is it Kalos? Is it, I mean, it's, it's really nice because I, I don't know. I feel like it's a safe way to go. Kalos seemed pretty safe overall just because it kind of went back to basics to an extent. Um, especially after black and white, black and white were very jarring for the series. Yes. And, and so they kind of went back to, back to safety. And I, I, I don't know. People will complain about the games not innovating enough. And it's just like, well, you don't have to innovate. If it isn't broken, don't fix it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that there's too much in Pokemon that I, I really want added on. Um, well, and the thing with the thing with X and Y is, uh, and I, I this is one of the things that I champion about it all the time is it's just such a beautiful game. Oh yeah, the music yeah, is definitely. fantastic too. I think yeah, and you know, like my so 
one of the things, because I don't know how much I've done this on the actual show, but I crap on uh, Kalos a lot. It's not because of the region, though. It's because I absolutely hate that you have four people following you around and interrupting you. <laughs> oh, yeah. At every single twist and turn, and it's killing me! But, but, um, I do think the Kalos map is definitely one of the coolest. Like, where have we ever been where there's been a swamp, right? Like, That's I true. loved that. That's I loved, true, I loved going through that swamp. Uh, actually, and, like, the answer is Gen 4. Yep, Gen 4, except that's more of like a... It's, it's an uh, optional, it's, it's an optional <laughs> swamp. Yeah, that's that's your safari, your safari zone as a swamp. All right, but but yeah, I mean, I just I I I loved that area so much. I thought it was really cool. Like it was frustrating, <laughs> but it was because uh, I kept getting poisoned all the time. But it was <laughs> a lot of fun, like to go through. Um, and uh, and I'd never seen that before, and I just thought they did a really good job with that specific spot. And a lot of the areas felt very like fresh and mm-hmm. different. Like, you're going through kind of, like, in the beginning, you're going through kind of, like, boring stuff you've seen before, and then the last few areas are just, like, they're just designed really cool, and they're different, and I don't know. I liked it a lot. No, I understand. I agree with that. 1,000%. There's a reason that uh, those games made it to the semifinals of our Puckle Poll that wrapped up a week or so ago. I didn't pay attention to most of that. I'm not going to lie, because I, I sat there and I go, Heart Gold, so Silver's going to win. And it did. <laughs> And then, so I saw, Sigma showed me the original ladder. I go, okay, so Heart Gold, Soul Silver wins it all. Good enough. And, <laughs> and so, um, uh, for me, I, I guess I haven't been doing too much Pokemon. This week was pretty hectic because we finally, like, finished moving out of our old house. And then, uh, so, like, we're all out of there now. And then, uh, I was going to play some Pokemon. I just didn't get the chance to. And then, uh, and then it just got busy. I also started, <laughs> this is really bad. Um, so I don't, do you guys know what a board gaming table is? Yes. Uh, uh so I'm building are you, are one. You building one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man. I'm building one right now. So like I got, I got sidetracked by that in the middle of the week and it's still not done. I need to, I need to do some stuff cause I'm trying to like use it to teach myself some like woodworking skills at the same time. And it, it's a whole thing, but it's going to be really cool when it's done. Uh, I've got it, most of it done. Uh, most of the hard stuff is done now. Um, but after this, I do have to go run to Lowe's and like pick up a new uh, countersink drill bit because I broke mine. But uh, that, That's awesome. I definitely appreciate that. We just use an old uh, kitchen table for our, for our board gaming, but uh, yeah, that's awesome. I was thinking about doing that and just like getting an old table, but then I saw like, I don't know, it's the idea of like having the vault, you know, where you, so for those of you at home, the idea is, uh, is that you have like essentially like a dropped area in the table. And I, I like that idea because you can like roll dice in there without worrying about it falling off the table. You can have, you can just do a bunch of stuff without worrying about it falling off the table. I've also decided to put in some other knickknacks. Like I've got, I've got cup holders that we're putting in and we've also got, uh, um, I also got some really cool like conference power strips to like put on the side so that we have plugs and everything in the whole system. So uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. I'm pretty hyped for the whole thing when it's done. Uh, today it should be done. I should be done with construction. And then from there, it's just going to be uh, staining and then finishing. And then the whole thing's done. And I'm pretty excited because we have a D&D session in two weeks and I want to be able to use it. Nice. That, that's great. Yeah. Uh, for, like for us, we've thought about just kind of modding our old kitchen table and just yeah. like kind of putting a rail around it and like mm-hmm. maybe put like a felt. Honestly, like uh, a children's fitted bed sheet wrapping around that almost works perfectly for like a felt yeah uh, lining on it you're absolutely right 
No, there's another guy. I mean, I'm I'm super into the community, and this has nothing to do with Pokemon. But we're gonna take. <laughs> that, uh, that's this, not what this segment is about. <laughs> and so, but uh, I saw there's so because I've been building mine, I've been super into the community surrounding building your own gaming table, which exists and is far larger than it should be, in my opinion. But. Uh, I was I was looking and there's another guy who just went and bought another table and he just like made a little box around the top and he built the whole thing from that. Um, so I think that's a very valid way to do it. I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't cost too much to do it either. Um, it would uh, it would be I mean, if you do it out of pine, it's pretty cheap. You could probably do it for something like 40 bucks. I've never played any of like those uh, giant tabletop games where like they have like the 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 map created yeah you know like with little fake like trees and stuff like that yeah but i've always just wanted one of those things like <laughs> <laughs> i don't even play the games i just always thought they were so cool like i remember going into uh the comic book shop um where i grew up and them having like three or four of those and i just wanted to like bring my legos in and like play my legos like oh, it's gonna be, <laughs> on, it, on this it, this will also be pretty great for legos for kids just so like they can uh they don't have to like drop it or anything on the floor again. Um, yeah. And then I'm going to try to get leaves to put on top so that my cats don't go inside. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because it's no, going to be, so- it's going to be soft and you know, they're going to like want to live there and it's going to, like, if you want to have, ex- have an extended session and then they'll, yeah. they'll be like, Oh, I'm going to sit here and Oh, I like this figure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 If I ever made anything like that or bought something like that, I would have to get some sort of like, cover for it oh but most like, of them come with it like if you buy them they come with it i was just trying to save myself some money and not do it um right and it, we'll see how that works out <laughs> um <laughs> but I, I well yeah we'll see um this is this is a good place to stop though we got some news to talk about so let's uh go ahead and cue that epic music <laughs> Radio Tower. This just in. And welcome to the news. Uh, in the news, we've got a few things. A lot, a lot of it Pokemon Go related. Uh, so first of all, uh, Shiny Meltan is uh, is in the boxes again. You can go find a Shiny Meltan in Pokemon Go. So have fun doing that. I actually, I was like, I actually did like open a box uh, either yesterday or the day before, and I got like actually a quality Shiny Meltan. So I was excited Ooh. about that. I wish Shiny Meltan looked cooler. Uh, yeah. I wish he looked cooler, but it is what it is. Thanks, Game Freak. And then let's see. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much it, honestly. Um, let's see. We've got, uh, an, oh, the new research breakthrough for Pokemon Go. I was actually really excited for this. Oh, yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. Latios, Latios, Lugia, and Ho-Oh are going to be the new research breakthroughs April 26th to, uh, or not April's 26th to, uh, or from May 1st for until like June 30th. I'm actually really excited about this because before it's always been like the legendary birds plus Lugia and Ho, and then you got to roll the dice and or the dog or the legendary beast. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The things that were already guaranteed once in the boxes. And I'm just like, no, just guarantee me Lugia slash Ho and I'll be perfectly happy, but I don't have any of these. So like, I'm perfectly, I'm perfect. Like I'll go play Pokemon go again and try to get research breakthroughs again. Yeah. I, I'm missing a, a Latias right now, but like if I look at my Pokemon go legendary, like I have so many Suicune and I have so many Entei and it's just yeah. really, 
sickening at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, I want to go get Lugia and Hello. It's uh and and or Latios and Latios. I don't have either, so uh, it works out for me. I'll go play again. So are these going to expire, or are they going to be like the other ones where if you don't complete them, they'll just wait for you? Uh, it's it's the research breakthroughs like they've so been it's, for it's the, the past year. Where, yeah, so it's the ones where you have to do a task once a day for seven days. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't have to be consecutive, but just once you hit seven of, of your things, uh, w- at least one each day. Oh, right, 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 then right, right, it unlocks right, right. Okay. a box. For okay. You. Uh, let's see. But yeah, uh, th- those are the big Pokemon Go things happening. There was also an egg swap, uh, or an egg, uh, pool change. I don't know. I don't follow Pokemon Go enough to know what happened. Uh, I'm sure I'll notice when I start hatching eggs. And, <laughs> uh, right now, also the European internationals are happening. So I have no news other than they're happening. And by the time you listen to this, they're over. Um, the, I, I, I forgot they were even happening right now as well. Um, what's great is they're not in London. They're in like Germany, which is really cool. I'm excited to see them in place in like locations that are different. Um, but also Pokemon company, please always just keep, uh, North American regionals in Columbus. <laughs> That's where they belong. They're actually pretty good about that because they try to, because the U S is such a big, is a, such a big spot. Uh, they try to make sure that they try to make sure that. Uh, they're in like the geographic center of the United States and Columbus is actually pretty close to that. Not bad. I mean, Kansas city might be a little bit closer, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually I think that geographic center, like population center wise, I meant population, not geographic. Yeah. Po- yeah population uh, center. Population closer. Population center. I think is like somewhere in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, I think it's somewhere in Tennessee. So that's, that's something to keep in mind. Uh, let's see. But yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's great. Uh, other than that, I don't know. There hasn't been too much other Pokemon news this week, mostly because it's the calm before the storm. Detective Pikachu comes out in two weeks. It's going to be really exciting for that. And then of course, we're probably going to get sword and shield news. I almost said sun and moon news. Uh, but we're going to get some sword and shield news here in the near future. I'm, I'm almost certain. If you look at the actual release pattern for sun and moon news, when sun and moon was announced, we got the announcement on the same day that we got the Sword and Shield announcement, and then it was May 10th that we actually got the starters. So, just keep that in mind. That was, like, that's the gap we're looking at, and that's typically what Pokemon does. They're gonna do that, and then they'll make some kind of announcement at E3. You know, we'll get some new Pokemon or something at E3. That'd be cool. So, I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm looking forward to just getting a Legendary announcement, uh, probably sometime yeah. this in May, in, in the next couple of weeks, and then we'll probably, yeah, we'll go from there. But, uh, a few things po- puckle-wise to do some puckle housekeeping. First of all, uh, Summer League is going to be starting at the end of May, and we are we dropped the ball, and we haven't opened up gym leader signups until today when you're listening to this. So if you want to be a gym leader, the sheet's going to be on our Discord server, and you can go sign up over there. I, I love the Summer League gym compositions. It's, it's just great. So definitely go do that if you haven't already, it, or if you if you're interested. If you think you know something about competitive, and you can add something to people's experience. That's the way to go. The other thing I wanted to mention for for PuckleWise is PuckleCon is a thing that people ask about every once in a while, and <laughs> I, I, I I haven't been like pushing it as much as I have in the years past. Um, and I, I realized that I need to explain that. So PuckleCon Five is going to be in Columbus, Ohio, June. Uh, 21st to 23rd, whatever the dates of nationals are, the North American internationals are in Columbus, Ohio, because we're pretty much just going to the internationals and we're going to hang out. <laughs> if you want to come meet me and, and basket and probably snag and that's the plan. Uh, you can, you can come out and you could, uh, you can have us sign your t-shirt or something, I guess. I don't know. 
Um, I'm not going to actively be carrying a Sharpie, but <laughs> so that I just wanted to make that clear because people have been asking about the details for it. It's there. That's where it is. It's uh, Columbus, Ohio. It'll be a good time. I don't know what we're going to do for the episode. I haven't figured that out. I haven't gotten that far. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we could throw it old school and just cram everyone into someone's hotel room. And <laughs> <it> that way. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> Never again. Oh, all right. So that is going to be it for the news. We're going to kick it on over to Puckle's Poke Quiz, or we're going to quiz your co-host on their innate Pokemon knowledge. And welcome to Puckle's Poke Quiz, where we're going to quiz your co-host on their innate Pokemon knowledge. The ladder reset last week, so that means it's all up to you guys. This uh, segment, as always, is brought to you by Anime Gravy, who I need to send an invoice to because I forgot to do it. But they they wanted to sponsor this segment, and hopefully that offer still stands. So it's your one-stop shop for everything anime. From I, they do. A bunch of cool anime art, and they even do uh, they even do like pins and stuff like that. So I would definitely go check them out at AnimeGravy.com. Uh, they always give us prizes for PuckleCon too, and it's really great. I have a lot of their stuff. If you want some, if you want, I should start just giving it away on stream. I love that girl. She she gives me uh, presents on Pokemon Go all the time. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> and Gravy himself, I'm nearly ultra friends with him. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this this is the same as always. We're going to have five questions about Pokemon. You guys are going to be operating as a team to answer them and try to get some points today. Uh, five questions, one point per question, unless it's a bonus question, which there always is one. It's always the fourth question, always the bonus question. Uh, you can get an extra point. And then, of course, you can uh, not use the hint and get them all right for a possible total of seven points today. So if you guys are ready, we're going to jump right on in. I'm pretty excited for these questions. I don't know if you're going to get them, but we'll see. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, I've just stopped caring. Uh, <laughs> if you want to donate trivia, you go over to the Discord server and drop it in the trivia channel. I, I, that's where I've gotten literally all of, these, all of these trivia questions today, minus the base deck question. So here we go. The first question is, what is the only Pokemon with the ability Poison Point that is not a Poison-type Pokemon? I'll I'll even I'll be nice and say this is Gen One Pokemon. All right, that that helps. Okay, so yeah, okay, so Gen One Pokemon Poison Point, not Poison type. Well, I mean, just the fact that Gen One had so many Poison uh, types to begin with that helps. Um, for some reason, I want to say Cloister, but that doesn't seem right. No, I feel like it has to be like some sort of water Pokemon. Because, like, for instance, there's a lot of, uh, you know, like, sea anemone sort mm -hmm. of, like... i say, like, Omastar would be an option, potentially. I could see... I could see Horsey or or uh, uh, Seedra, maybe? In fact, I, I'm feeling really strong about Seedra. Uh, was... I never I never played with Quillfish. Was that Poison? Uh, that's Gen 2 Pokemon. Oh, right, right, right. So, I'm, I'm feeling strong about Seedra, but th it also doesn't really have many... Like I'm just seeing like Horsey has like its uh like smoke screen attack and whatnot, but um hmm. I mean let's go with that because I honestly the the more I think about it, the more <laughs> the more I don't know. <laughs> so let's just go with your idea. <laughs> well which one should we do? Should we do horsey or Cedra? Let's do horsey. Horsey? It's probably so wrong. Uh, I don't Yeah, sure, sure. We'll do horsey. 
Yeah. All right, Thatch, we're going to say horsey. Horsey is incorrect, but I'm going to give you the point anyway because it's Cedra. Oh, all right. Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll say that's good enough. Uh, because Citra does get it. It is the only one. I did not believe that trivia when I saw it, but it's wow. true. Yeah. Fun nice. facts. That's so weird. Cause I, I, I would have never, I would have never thought that they, <laughs> that they had that. Only Citra. Only Citra. It's weird. All right. So this next question, we're going to keep on the poison type train and there's a move called a venom drench in the game. I don't know if you guys knew about this and all I want to know is what does it do? Oh, okay. So I think I know this. Um, I think what Venom Drench does, I want to say it has some sort of effect. I don't know if it damages or not, but I want to say that the effect is like that, like, uh, poison moves will do more damage is what I think. Um, can you think of something, Snack? No, I mean, so obviously it has to do more than just doing damage. I think that sounds about right, probably. I, I like, I, I think I've, I've heard of this move and I just, I don't. Uh, I think I think you're probably right. That poison types do do more damage. I, poison type types do more damage. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember if it like. Um... I wonder if it does anything like with a stat change too. Like I feel like uh, uh, it could do like a uh, <clears throat> special defense drop or something like that. Too, in addition. Hmm. Oh, but I, that honestly, it's pulling at straws. It really has nothing. I mean, if, if I, I think your instinct is probably the one to go with. No, no, no. That that was that was okay. That's that's a wait. What was the name of it again? Venom Drench. Okay, 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 okay. I think I was getting confused, because I know there is a move that does that. I think Venom Drench, like, lowers stats, but I can't remember which ones. Um, Is this, like, the two-part question? No, this is the... No, no. This is just the one-part question. (laughs) This is the one part. I'm going to defer to you on Basket. I want to say that it lowers the two attack stats... I'm gonna yeah. need an answer. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say that. It it lowers it lowers uh attack stats. Alright. That is partially correct. I wish I could give half points, but I'm not in that business. <laughs> <laughs> so it does it lowers attack, special attack, and speed of only targets that are poisoned. Oh. Uh, oh. That, that makes it so lame. That's why nobody <laughs> uses it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But that is what Venom Drench does. Unfortunately, I'm not going to give you the point on that one. I was nice on the Cedra. Take that. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So this is the question. I like this format a lot. Uncle Oshawott's been helping a lot with this. And it's just a Pokedex entry every week that you guys have to go ahead and figure out what, what Pokemon that Pokedex entry belongs to. And this week, it's coming from Heart Gold. It reads, its shell is hard as sheetrock and is also very strong. Its thrashing can topple a mountain. Who's that Pokemon? Man. Shell is hard as sheetrock. Um, like oh, the- uh, maybe... Oh, I can't remember its name. Um, the, 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 the crab-looking one. The, not Dwebble, but the, the, old, the bigger one. Uh, that, that would be, that'd be a Gen 5 Pokemon, so it can't be in a hard gold, soul, silver. Oh, oh my gosh. I totally missed the, the hard gold, soul, yep. silver thing. Um, so we're thinking, like... Probably Gen 2 or Gen 1, but also could be anything up through 4. Uh, my initial thought was like a fossil, like I'm thinking rock Pokemon of some kind. Uh, my initial thought was like a Pupitar because it has a shell, but I don't think a Pupitar is going to do a lot of thrashing. Wait, but, but, wait. I think, I could be wrong, but I think that not Pupitar, but Larvitar learns thrash. And they're always talking about mountains, like mountains is a big thing with uh, Tyranitar. Yeah. And like that line. Yeah, I just I don't... I think, unless we have another, 
option, I think that makes the most. The, the other thought that I have is it could maybe be like uh, like a Rampardos, although that usually talks about their their heads. Ram- Rampardos isn't in uh, Gen two, is it? It's not in Gen two, but it is a Gen four Pokemon, so it probably has a Gen four Pokedex entry in Hard Gold. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Hard Gold, Soul Silver. Um, I'm gonna need an answer. I want to go with Pupitar. You want to go with Pupitar? I do. I think I think that is because like. Yeah, I right. think that I think that's correct. All right, let's let's give it a shot. We'll say Pupitar. Pupitar is correct. All right, it is Pupitar. <laughs> yeah. How yeah, how yeah. does it do thrashing though? I don't know, <laughs> but it does. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just see this like thing sitting there upright, just kind of like shifting back and forth slightly. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw this I saw this question, and I figured because Snag was going to be on the episode, it was a fair question today. Oh gosh! Um, and so, this is your two-point question. There are six answers. One point for three answers, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. if you get all six, you get two points. Uh, actually, no, because I've been doing this, and I, I want to keep things fair, even though this is a new trivia cycle. Um, <laughs> so, what we're gonna do is, if you name three of them, you get one point. If you name five of them, you get you get two points. And if you get all six, you'll get a redemption point for missing out on the uh, the venom drench question. I like the redemption okay. point. Let's give it a shot. We'll, we'll do the redemption right. point. Okay, so uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to... I need... There are six Pokemon, and you need to give me all of them. And the the question is, what were the game tokens for the original Kanto-based Pokemon Monopoly game? Um. Okay, so... Was this an in-game thing? No, Monopoly. Uh, no, no, like, so, like, Monopoly. Yeah, Monopoly. You have six tokens. Okay. And uh, right, right, right. they they were all different Pokemon. So here here are my here are my thoughts. The obvious answers are so Pikachu and the four starters. Although maybe they wouldn't like so the my initial thought is Pikachu and the four starters, Meowth and Jigglypuff. That's my initial thought. But back in Gen One, they were really big on uh, Poliwhirl. Like Poliwhirl was a big thing back then. Um, so and also I could see them maybe instead of doing Charmander, doing Charizard. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? I think, uh, what gen was this? This is Kanto-based, so it's Gen 1. This is the original Pokemon Monopoly game. Okay, okay, okay. And this is very technical, but, like, was this, uh, was this released in, like, the 90s and early um, 2000s, or was this I, one that was... Let me, let me double-check. I'm sure, I mean, because there was a newer version of it yes, that came out. Yes, yes. I, I do know what you're talking about. This was the 1999 edition. Okay, 1999 edition. Okay, because that does change things, because uh, yes. Polyworld Poly has fallen out of favor. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I could see Polyworld. I could see Psyduck. Um, I think the safe answer is Pikachu, the four starters, Meowth, and Jigglypuff. I think that's the safe answer. But I think, I think there's a Polyworld in there, too, somewhere. I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty sure there's a Mewtwo. Mm. Like because I don't think they would do a Gen One thing without a Mewtwo. And and here's the thing: if they, if they go the step for Mewtwo, then they'd probably put like a Charizard in there as well. So, well, I don't think they would do that. I think I think it would be like I, I think it was because I remember I remember playing it at like I, it could be the wrong edition, mm-hmm. but like I remember playing one. It was we had it at PuckleCon last year, actually. <laughs> uh, why didn't I play that instead of playing um, Forbidden Island? <laughs> Forbidden Island was definitely a better choice. Not gonna lie, <laughs> you're, you're right. <laughs> um, I would say the three starters: Pikachu, Mewtwo, and Poliwhirl. And then 
Yeah, we could do Polyworld. I don't, I don't think all six are right, but I think we probably have a combination that'll hit five. Is that, is that your, uh, are these your final answers? Uh, yes. Yeah, let's go for it. All right. Uh, so because you didn't specify starters, I'm going to give them to you. Thank you for the generosity. <laughs> because, so, so the answer is Pikachu. You got that one. Bulbasaur. Charmander. Blastoise. What? Oh. Yeah. Dang it. Uh, Mewtwo is also there, so you guys are at five. Nice job. Uh, unfortunately, it was not Poliwhirl. Um, it, was a meow. It, it was Clefairy. <laughs> okay. Clefairy. <laughs> uh, so that's, that is okay. that is five. So that's two points for you guys. So that's a, that's four for you so far this week. That makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So question number five is your base stat question, as always. Um, because I've run out of highest base stats, we're going to lowest base stats. Oh gosh. Okay. okay. Um, and so I'm 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 helping you out here today. With a base stat of 10, what Ice-type Pokemon has the lowest base special attack stat? Uh, With a base type. special attack of 10, Ice-type. Okay, so we're thinking, we're thinking, uh, like, first evolution. Yeah, like, 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 Bergmite, like, um, it wouldn't be, um, the Ice Cream Cone, because that actually, like, that line has some special attack, um... So I'm trying to think like physical attackers. Uh, oh, maybe uh, maybe Smoochum, mm. but again, Jinx is more more special attack based. So I don't yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was thinking. For, right now, Bergmite is jumping out at me. Um, what are other like really small baby Pokemon? Um, hmm. And I I can't get get past Bergmite in my head. <laughs> I mean, maybe like Alolan Sandshrew, but I don't think like I mean, while I don't think its stats are that bad, what is just, like the most useless Ice type? I think I think Bergmite would be a good thing because from what I remember, Bergmite was all about defense and attack and had like nothing. In, well, not Bergmite, but Avalug or yeah. whatever was like all about defense and attack and had like nothing in special yeah. and uh, yeah. Okay, and I remember that being an issue with uh, the Pokemon. You also general, have the hint. It, you also have the. Oh hint. yeah, you we have the hint. Let's take our hints. Well, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. We get a point if we don't take the hint. No, you have to get them all correct to get the to get the point for the hint. And you already missed oh. one, so you have to you, you if you it's a use it or lose it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Then yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is a dual type. Dual type. Okay. It also has another typing, and if I gave it to you, would give it away. <laughs> <laughs> um, ice. Um, gosh. So what? What? Uh, wait. Uh, so like, there like ice dark is pretty unique. Like I know Sneasel, uh, is completely focused on speed and attack, and I. I have a Sneasel on my team right now in in Upple, so I, I should know it's a special attack. I don't think it's quite as low as 10. Um, what other dual-type Ice Pokemon is trash? At least as far as special attack. Just watch, I'll be right with it, it being Smoochum. I don't know, do you have any other thoughts? Uh, I mean, so, like, the Sneasel is an option. I don't think it's Steel. Yes, uh, that would steel. be an option, but it it was also... So, I'm... I'm Shel- Shelder? No. No. I think that's actually pure water. Um, I'm gonna need an answer. Do you have anything better well, than? It's hard. <laughs> um. Oh man. I, like, I, I, I guess I don't think I have anything better than than Sneasel or I mean, or we could roll the dice with Smoochum because it's a baby Pokemon. But I don't think it. I think that it has some special attack. Yeah, yeah. Um, I. I don't know. I mean, I like I like Bergmite only because it's a dual um, type. It's a dual type. I'm oh, giving oh, you the oh, hint. Crap. <laughs> All right. Um. Okay, so we're picking between Sneasel and Smoochum, I think. Smoochum. 
that's super tough because Sneasel was like a quote unquote fully evolved Pokemon for like three gens. Yeah, so. it was. I need an answer. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Uh, you pick. Let, uh, let's. Oh man. Five. <laughs> okay, four. Okay. Uh, okay uh, three. Uh, let's do Smoochum. Two. Let's do Smoochum. Smoochum is unfortunately incorrect. Yeah, the answer yeah. is Alolan Sandshrew. Oh, I said it. Yeah, it is Alolan Sandshrew with a base stat total of 10. It is awful, especially. Wow. <laughs> it is absolutely awful. It is, it is, that is tied for the lowest special attack of all time, by the way. Um, wow. okay. <laughs> it's like a four-way tie. <laughs> but you guys got four points today, and that puts you guys at the top of the ladder. Woo! Uh, Take that, so, Sigma. Nice. Yeah, Sigma's got <laughs> two points, mostly because we gave Scrawn really, really rough ones last week to really make him sweat it. And so that is, yeah, in first place, we have Baskin and Snag tied with four points. And in third place, we have Sigma with two. Catch us next week for more Puckle Pokey Quiz. We're going to kick it on over to the topic. And let's keep this iTunes review train going. We've got another iTunes review from... Jorge, 91584 on iTunes, and he says, You guys are amazing. I love listening in on my long drives when I have downtime. I love the competitive aspect you dive into, and can't wait to hear what you guys come up with for Gen 8. And there was a lighthouse in Town Thatchery, episode 385, Yo Boy Mass. I don't know what he means, uh, but there is no lighthouse in Town, and I'm very confused. But... Thanks for the five-star review anyway. Uh, I can't wait for today either. If you guys want your iTunes review read, just go over to iTunes and review the podcast. It helps us out, and, I mean, you get something out of it. So I hope to catch you guys, and let's head on over to the topic. And on to the topic. Our topic today is things we think could be removed from Pokemon to make it better. This is this is an interesting topic. This was brought up to us by Old Man Tup on the Discord server, so shout out to Old Man Tup. And he's got some interesting things to talk about there, mostly because it's like, I don't know, I thought that was an interesting idea, thinking about uh, how things could be removed instead of adding things in or taking older things in, like we usually talk about, being like, man, I really want that Pokeball crafting system that Bo and I spent almost an entire episode <laughs> developing. And Yeah, yeah, so, yeah they, they usually uh, take things away from us, but the things that we liked... <laughs> Yeah, so what things do we want them to take away that we don't like? I guess that's the question. This, this, these are all probably far more reasonable requests as well, in retrospect. Yeah. <laughs> and I know Basket's got a list. So, I, Basket, how about you just start it off? So, for one, and this is coming from someone who is not really much of a shiny hunter. I just think it's kind of BS. I don't think we should have shiny locks I think that's silly. I'm okay with that. I think the only thing, because you and I were chatting about this mm-hmm. pre-show, and I think the only thing that that becomes an issue is, I, I don't know if this comes from a player standpoint as much as it comes from a game developer standpoint, but I know a lot of, especially the Japanese game developers, they what's really important to them is like game immersion and like feeling like you're really into the game. And I think the problem with that is cutscenes. It's literally just cutscenes, yeah. right? Think about Sun and Moon. When you see Solgaleo and Lunala in the cutscene, you're just like, man, this is part of the story. This is really cool. And then all of a sudden, it's your turn, time to battle it, and you catch it and everything. And it turns out it's shiny, and it just it breaks the immersion because it's just like all of a sudden it's a different color, mm-hmm. right? And unless they unless they come up with a way to include the shinies in the cutscenes, which I think they're too lazy to actually do. 
or not maybe not lazy, but something that only like one in four thousand people will see, right? I say it would help with uh, people who are soft reading, so they don't have to go through the cutscene and then get into the battle animation. That's true, but I don't know how I I don't know how I personally feel about people who soft reset if I think they're <laughs> wasting their life or if it's something that I can actually be like that's a legitimate way to play the game. Like I'm very torn. I'm in between. In uh comments of like uh uh in game immersion and I was thinking about this before like I honestly don't think legendaries should have shiny forms. Now, they exist and they're not going to take it away, but in game like you get to see like one of these and like and maybe in like the whole actual world of Pokémon there might be only a handful of these legendary Pokémon and the one that you see that that is what it is. That's what I think it should be. But like I said, they're not going back. <laughs> I actually, okay, so, like, that's actually a really good counter-argument to taking away shiny locks. I mean, that's probably why they did it as well, the shiny lock to begin with. It wasn't the cutscenes. The cutscenes are just logistical because I, I think I think a good example of this is the cutscenes at the beginning of Pokemon Sun and Moon, where you get to see the starters, and then afterwards they can be shiny. So, like, I think that's, it's probably not the cutscenes that are doing it. But it's probably, like you said, like we at least the first generation that a Pokemon's out, it's always like it's it seems to be shiny locked, at least for like the past three generations. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Zekrom and Reshiram were shiny locked in black and white and black and white too. And then I believe in Gen Gen 5 they well, we didn't have access to them until Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire where they were unshiny locked. And then same same goes for Xerneas and Yavetel, though in Gen 7 they finally got their shiny forms well, unlocked. But- in a, kind of a counter-argument, and I know this is like an off sort of game or whatever. No, go ahead. But in Oris, they shiny-locked everything that you saw in the overworld. So, like, for instance, Groudon, Kyogre, Rayquaza, Deoxys, stuff like that. Those were all shiny-locked because they had, like, overworld, like, images of them when you walked up to them. Or, like, they were in cutscenes. So I think that that leans more credence to that only because otherwise like if we went by you know their debut gen they're shiny locked right and then afterwards they they go over if that Mm -hmm. was their rule then it wouldn't apply necessarily in auris but there is some i guess like standard or whatever because if they were shiny locked in gen 3 then the remakes they might have done it for whatever but i don't know i personally I just think it's kind of silly to shiny lock things because I don't think anybody is going to be upset if they see Lunala for the first time in the game and then like all of a sudden it's a shiny. I think for somebody, I think for somebody like us, that's really exciting because we go, oh man, that's really cool. I got the shiny one. I was that one in 4,096 chance. That's really cool. I think for somebody who's newer to the franchise, maybe somebody who's like, uh, I don't know, I'd say like a kid or something, right? Because I've seen threads like this, these exist, and they're real. They'll be like, hey, this Pokemon was a different color. I just, like, is my game broken? <laughs> yep. And and they don't quite understand what's going on there. Because, like, if that's, like, their first encounter, especially, they might they might freak out and, like, not know what's going on or throw away the game or, like, break something. Well, that would be a silly overreaction. <laughs> the problem is I've heard about this happening, though. Yep. Like, this is, like, if if only it didn't already happen, I would agree with you. I remember a story a long time ago about someone was like, oh, um, uh, the, my tentacruel came up purple. Uh, my game must be corrupted. Let's reset my game and save my Pokemon. <laughs> yep, yep. I've seen that before and stuff like, yeah, it, it's a it's a thing that happens. It's, it's just something to watch out for. I, I do want to jump from that, though, 
And this was another thing that we were talking about before, but I think it's something that's really interesting to discuss and in terms of removing it from the game. And that's the importance of legendaries in the story, if that makes sense. Yeah. Just, I would like to, I would like the legendary to not be the center focus of the story. I want to go back to a land where the legendary is a B plot. You mean Kanto? Kanto slash, (laughs) slash Johto to an extent. Uh, because I, I would argue that the Ho and Lugia encounter that you're kind of forced into isn't ultra important into the game. The way I see it, it's it's more of a uh, it's more of like a forced B plot encounter, which is cool because it's like, hey, here's a forced reminder that the B plot exists, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, yeah, make make legendaries cool like that again. I, I really because then you kind of have to go out of your way to go and catch them instead of being like, oh, here it is, it's part of the story. Now catch Nebi because you finished the story. And I, I would really be okay with us going back to something like that. And I don't know. I, I kind of see it happening. I can see it happen in Sword and Shield. We don't know anything about the legendary, so this is pure speculation. But if it's one legendary, like everybody's kind of agreed that would be really cool and that might be what's happening. It would be really cool for that Pokemon just to have lore in the region and people talk about it and not be essential to the plot. Yeah, I, I think that would be really cool. If we go back to that, I would be okay with that. And then you get an, you get an opportunity to go catch it and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Uh, what might be cool, uh, I don't think this has completely been done, but, like, uh, maybe instead, like, so, like, you know in Gen 2 how Lance comes in and, and, like, helps you in certain parts of the game? What if instead the legendary is kind of like a protector of the realm, comes in and helps you in certain spots of the game, and then post-game you are now, like, deemed worthy to catch it? I don't like that still. I, I mean, I... I want I want more of the like I don't know like in I think it was done very well in Gold and Silver where it's just like oh hey here's this legendary um like the legendary bird like yeah after seventh badge you have to go catch it right um you go catch you know, Ho or Lugia respectively and then but the legendary dogs are still out there you still have to go out and get them right mm-hmm. and even in Crystal like you could still go out and go get you know Ho or Lugia we haven't had a good third version in a while I mean I'm really hoping that at some point they just realize uh let's not especially with i have you guys seen the ultra sun ultra moon sales numbers recently they're pretty abysmal Mm. they're like eight million units total i think that's like the worst selling pokemon game of all time well they just remade another game like i mean yeah no 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 they they totally just came out with like they totally deserve it because it's the the problem with that is i think it would have done better if they because they remade that game and if you could argue the same thing happened with platinum right they remade the same game, but the problem is it was both of them put together, and you can still go catch the rest of the legendaries. You can catch both, like you could catch both Dialga and Palkia on top of Giratina in Platinum, and I think that kind of makes it the definitive version. And I think that's something that they lost. Black two and White two worked, in my opinion, because they were completely different stories. And yeah. I don't think you can make the same game like you did with Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, and just be like, oh, it's it's different, it's di- slightly different. Yeah, no, yeah, seriously. And sell the game. You gotta change, you gotta change the freaking story if you're gonna, like, come out with... Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, the the main issue with, with those two things, like you just said, and I'm essentially just parroting this because it's so frustrating to me, is when you make the third edition of the same generation game, it's the compendium of everything. You get to do everything. In Emerald, you fought both... Team Aqua and Team Magma, and you got Kyogre and yeah, Groudon. Kyogre, I agree with that. Like and Rayquaza, like that. That was the selling point, you know, was that you got to mm-hmm. experience everything 
And yeah, it was the same plot, but you got to catch every single Pokemon, except for maybe like a couple, you know, like that was the big thing. So <clears throat> I don't know. It was just, uh, um, I just find it silly. I absolutely agree with you. I think that was a huge misstep on their part with Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. I feel like if we would have had a Z version, I feel like it would have been a lot like Emerald, where you would have been able to catch all three, and then you would have also had this, you know, BA Zygarde to work with, too. I I heard rumors. I don't know if these were substantiated. I did hear rumors that Pokemon Z was just, it was developed but shelved. Sounds about right. <laughs> uh, it was developed but shelved because they didn't want that to be the 20th anniversary game. They wanted a new generation for the 20th anniversary game. Which makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Because our society p- places focus on things that end in a zero. <laughs> I mean, kind of, but it's also, it's all, it's like a milestone. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if that's society more or less, but rather just like, oh, hey, here's a milestone. Like 10 years is a pretty big deal, right? Well, I, I'm so like just thinking of like 10 years is an arbitrary number, honestly. <laughs> Uh, yes and no. I mean, if we if we weren't in a base ten mathematical system, I, I agree mean, that, with that, you. That, but that's what I'm saying because it were because of the mathematical system. It's because we have ten zero. fingers. It's because we have ten <laughs> fingers. That's why. All right, math nerds. Uh, let's turn this back to Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> More math. We need math Pokemon. Unknown but numbers. Uh, so you mean like a version plus plus and minus versions then? <laughs> <laughs> Un- we just need unknown. A new. I'm 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 proposing ten new forms of unknown. <laughs> They they are shaped like the numbers uh, zero through nine. <laughs> All right, I got I got another thing. I got another thing. No more, please, 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 please. No more sun and moon length tutorials. It makes replayability of games so difficult. It's 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 a hurdle every single time. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was I was thinking about this too. Like where I mean, so like you can't take the tutorials out, but I mean, like the length of them was was brutal. Yeah, maybe they could have like a like in your Pokedex, like you could have just like an encyclopedia where it's like, oh, how do you catch a Pokemon? What are IVs? What does this nature mean? So like, if you need to access the information, if you need that guide, it's there for you. But if you you know if this is your twentieth Pokemon game, like it is for many of us, you can just run through it uh, with you know without that aid. Seriously. So they could do it smart. Like they've done in, in the past. So let, let me give a couple examples. Uh, first being the, this is all going to be based around the how to catch a Pokemon, which I think is a huge thing that we're all tired of being taught how to catch Pokemon because <laughs> um, it, it happens in every game. So let's go, let's go to Gen 2. Just give me an option to skip it, please. So Gen 2 had that. The guy would walk up to you and be like, hey, do you know how to catch Pokemon? And then just like, yes. And he's like, cool, I'll leave you alone then. And then he's just like, let me know if you need anything else. And so you can go back there if you accidentally hit no, hit yes or something. You can have him teach you. But there was an option. You could just not do that. Another thing that they did, which I think is probably more realistic for them to do, is if we go back to Gen 3, um, the way they taught you to do to catch Pokemon Gen 3 was Wally. Mm-hmm. And I think in integrating it into the story and making it something really cool like that is the way to do it. I think that's the way you can do it. And I think... I, I mean, I can chalk a lot of the problems we had with Pokemon in the recent past to just, I don't know, probably laziness to an extent. Because, I mean, I think I think the trainer school is pretty lazy. I also think that Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon were the epitome of laziness. So th- those are just something to think about like that. It, it really is. It's just laziness. That's what it is. I actually like the trainer school, but only for one very specific reason. It's because okay. when, I do, <laughs> when I do Nuzlocks and I go there... I have a good chance of getting either a Magnemite or a Muck. That's true. <laughs> That's and, true. And I'm like, okay, if I get one of these things, like, I'm going to be pretty good. <laughs> that is true. Uh-huh. 
but like I said, man, I think it's just laziness and they're just they're just being lazy about hopefully they change things in uh Sword and Shield. I think X and Y, like Snag was saying earlier, fantastic games. And I think that if they just do that again, that would be fantastic. And please just do that again. Yeah, and also uh, to talk about Gen 3 tutorials as well, but specifically like Fire Red and, and Leaf Green. They have that whole compendium that you can like, you press, I think the it's like TV. Yeah, the Teachy mm, TV. Yes. Like, if you need to know something, it's right there for you. And yes, you do have to, they do force you to like, learn to catch a Pokemon in that one. But at least, you know, they're not beating you over the head with like all this information about it. Like, if you need to know something, it's right there. Speaking of Leaf Green and Fire Red, this is completely not what we want to do in this topic. But Fame Checker, can we get that back? I would love that just to get the fame checker back and like, especially for newer players. So that way we can still have like our old school references, but the newer players can also appreciate them. So remind me, what was the fame checker? Yeah, I never used that thing. (laughs) So, okay. So the fame checker in leaf green, fire red, uh, was this really cool thing. Cause like, you know how like you'll walk around NPCs and especially in red and blue and subsequently in fire red and leaf green will just be like, man, this gym leader is so cool. I heard about this gym leader and it's like three towns away. Right. And so what will happen is it'll log what that person says and you'll learn literally everything like personality wise that the game has in like one compendium. Oh, that's kind of cool. About specific characters, which is really cool. Like the fame checker was really cool. And like if you read like a sign or something that like mentioned it, 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 it was just it was a cool thing overall. A really bread and butter example of this, which I don't think any of us really have a problem with, but it's where people get mad. Like when you say ash versus red. Oh, <laughs> right. I think a big thing with that is that people just don't quite understand. It's just like, well, you have a bajillion characters. How am I supposed to understand, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a great way just to kind of be like, oh, well, remember this one little conversation that was nonsensical in this game that you didn't really take note of? Well, look, it actually meant something for like backstoring this character. And I really like that. You know what I mean? Uh, because it's that's, those are the details that I'm not going to remember, but at least it reminded me of those details. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate that, right? <laughs> I'd rather not have to go read the wiki. I want it all in my game. Um, getting back on track and going back to Legendaries, I'd mentioned this in our chat before. I know they're not going to get rid of it, but at the end of uh, the postgame of all, all the remake games, uh, the Legendary Fetch Quest. If they can make it not a fetch quest, that would be great. But I don't know how you don't make it a fetch quest now that there are 30 Legendaries. <laughs> more subplots i suppose <laughs> we have a b plot with our with we're designing our pokemon game we have b plot legendary now all the legendaries are b plot but then like they each have their own thing and you have to go on different adventures to go catch them right i i think the problem is again laziness uh they yeah. don't want to put the work into that and i think i think it could be a thing where you can almost copy paste it from each game like i'd be okay with playing like the same little side story for you know getting the getting the musketeers sure or or getting you know as elf and friends mm-hmm. yeah and i'd be okay with doing that as opposed to just being like jump in a wormhole and then hope <laughs> i didn't do nearly any wormholes like i maybe went into wormholes like twice i haven't i've done i've done no legendary wormholes i'm gonna be completely honest i've done no legendary wormholes which is, which is unfortunate because usually like that's one of the things i enjoy is like going on and getting all the legendaries and like i, I yeah. enjoyed that in for the most part in in heart gold and then uh in uh black and white two and stuff but couldn't handle the wormholes <laughs> no the wormholes were pretty bad uh, <laughs> the wormholes were the wormholes were just not they, they were not a great way to do it i i think even like oras the way oras handled it was better just because you had to like fly to a different location 
And then also, depending on the Pokemon, like, it only showed up at a certain time, or, like, you had to uh, meet certain requirements, which I thought was... I mean, it's still tedious, but not not terrible. It's something, right? I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's better than just being like, here, have it. That's the way I feel, at least. <laughs> I don't mind, so I don't mind, like, um, having Pokemon appear at, like, special times or whatever, because, you know, you can just change the time on the... Oh, dude, okay, you gotta, you gotta do more, like, gold-silver-esque, make my Pokemon Animal Crossing again. <laughs> And make it make it that, and then that. I think you just solve the whole problem. You go, okay, Cobalion only shows up in this forest at this time to this time. No, exactly, exactly, and that's that's super cool in my in my view because a like yeah. one, it makes it a lot easier um, for you to actually catch what you want to catch, and also it makes it so that like you could just run into something post game and not know just because you're down oh, that route, yeah. and that would be so cool, so cool. Agreed. Yeah, and I just I just think that whole like completely randomized like wormhole thing, like that's just it was not fun. I I I did it once and I was just like this is very tedious and very frustrating and I don't like I don't want a mechanic like that again. Yes. Especially the first time you play it, it's really hard to steer. Yeah. I think. Like yeah. the first couple times. I got used to it because I was doing the shiny hunts with it, but outside of that, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a learning curve. Oh, another thing that i don't want i don't want like gen 5 leveling for pokemon where like you you get a pokemon at like level 13 and it only has one other evolution and it's not going to turn into that evolution until level 45 because i think they've already fixed that and realized their mistakes (laughs) yeah i mean but like what we need is a unova stone where it's just like here (laughs) you can just evolve any pokemon from gen 5 and and it's it, it 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 it's just a stone that has engraved on it. I'm sorry. I would <laughs> love I would love that. <laughs> yeah, just engraved. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, on that note, what about something like um? So you know, Charger Bug. Like uh, my first run through of of uh, Sun, I had a Charger Bug on my team, and it didn't evolve until we got until I got to the last island. What do you guys think about that mechanic? So they fixed that in Ultra Sun Ultra Moon, thankfully. I do remember like that you were able to do that earlier, but you could do it on the third island. I I thought it was okay at first. I mean, I I'm okay with it being spread out, and I, I was okay with that for the first playthrough of Sun and Moon. After that, like the playthroughs again, like that game is horrible to replay. It is absolutely awful. I think for the first playthrough, I'm okay with that because it's like right before you get to the end, it's just like here you get like your Pokemon all finally like reach their final form. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always a big fan of that. The epitome of a Pokemon game to me is the yellow manga, where right at the final battle, she doesn't get to hit B on her Pokemon, and they all evolve at once. Yep. I think that's the epitome of the Pokemon experience for me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's just like, here's the end. Everything evolves. Let's do this. Personally, I like to have time with my... So this all comes down to how I play the game, right? When I'm going to do any sort of like competitive thing, it's very specific. I pick I pick the ones I want to do, and I don't really change from that, right? But when I, um, like, I'll get some standards and stuff. But essentially what I'm trying to say is, like, when I'm playing the game normally, uh, if it's not a Pokemon I want to use competitively, I want to spend some time with it when I'm going through the game. You know, I don't want it to evolve and then go to Elite Four and then bam, post-game. Like, I want yeah, yeah. to spend some time with it. So, like, my perfect idea would be, like, at the, like, halfway through, like, so after the sixth gym, getting to the seventh or something like that, 
Like that's to me is like the sweet spot for like them evolving or, or right before the sixth gym, but not, not before that, but like that would be the sweet spot for me. Cause it's like, now I have two gyms that I get to test them out in one or two. And then I get to go to uh, the elite four where I'm like, yeah, okay, this is my team. They're all ready. I know they've proven themselves. Let's do this. Cause I, I don't know. It, it, it bothers the crap out of me when I don't get to spend time with them in the game or in the, in the story part of the game. And that mm-hmm. actually brings me to um, another thing. I don't want any new evolution mechanics. I do not want that thing that's going around the internet that's scaring the crap out of me where Pokemon are going to be able to have like armor around them. That's not real. I know. <laughs> oh I know. Oh my gosh. I've said it on the show so many times why it's not real. It's just terrifying to me that they would do that because the thing is, is they have, they wouldn't, <laughs> they have, they have two cool evolution mechanics going on right now. They have mega evolution, which I think that they should continue with and not have it be post game because I think that, takes away from the experience in my mind of playing through the game and being able to beat gyms and the elite four with your megas. And I also think, I know the Alolan thing was so specific, but I feel like they completely ditched mega evolution when they did sun and moon. They did as far as like, you know, it having any relevance at all in the story. And I'm afraid that they're going to do that and inject some new mechanic into the newest game. And I don't want that, man. I want you to expand on the cool things you've already created instead of just like coming up with new crap. So I think I think there is a little bit of hope in that sense, because I mean, we talked about on the show previously. And uh, I, I guess I'll say this piece and then we can we can wrap it up here. But the hope is so if we look at the Japanese logos for each of the past three generations, Gen 8, Gen f- 7 and Gen 6, there's always been something in that logo that kind of ties in to what happens in that game. And so if we look in Gen 6, you get the Mega Evolution DNA symbol thing. So Mega Evolution is represented there in Gen 7. You actually get a Z crystal in the actual logo which explains, you know, Z moves. And in Gen, in the Gen 8 logo, we actually get this little, like, Pokeball spinny thing that's seen on the player's shoulder on their jersey when they, like, walk into a gym. And so I think the weird mechanic this time is going to be the gyms, which can incorporate all of that old stuff, mm-hmm. the, whether it be the Alolan forms or whether it be the Mega Evolution. So I th- I'm having hope that they're not going to be tacking on too much. I hope they continue Mega Evolution. I'm not going to hold my breath. I-, I, think, I think this is the time to do it because we've got Megas coming back, but... Or not Megas, but we're like close to Kalos if we think geographically England versus France, right? Yeah. Uh, those are just something to think about. But yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'll end it. I think I think you've got a good chance of it being okay. Let's hope so. <laughs> yes. We'll wrap it up here and uh, we are going to take a short break, guys, and we'll be right back at you with the Pokemon of the episode. I'm sure you all want a sweet t-shirt from the Puckle Tea Public Store. We've got plenty of designs over there plenty whether it be a sweet chicago bear tick shirt which is still up there or even a lavender town gengar shirt maybe you just want the puckle logo you get some stickers slap it on whatever maybe you get a puckle coffee mug so you can enjoy your morning show with your morning coffee so there's just plenty of things you could do tapestries everybody loves tapestries mostly seth so head over to puckle tea public pick up a shirt help out the show at the same time and have some really cool swag for PuckleCon. Poke of the episode. 
and welcome to the Pokemon of the episode. This week, it is National Dex number 392, Infernape the Flame Pokemon. The Pokemon Diamond Pokedex entry says, It uses a special kind of martial arts involving all its limbs. Its fire never goes out. Woo! Uh, so Infernape is in the UU tier, and I forgot to look up the viability rankings because I don't think it's very good. <laughs> because Infernape, unfortunately, is just like bad in its tier, but it's too good for RU, uh, which is really, really sad. Because Infernape's such a cool Pokemon and it has such a soft place in my heart because it was always good. Actually, it's A minus rank in UU. I apparently don't know what I'm talking about. No, yeah, I was. You were like really confusing me. I'm like, I see that all the time. Like, I use him. Is that why I'm sucking? <laughs> so the set I've got for us today in the team of the episode is a Choice Scarf Infernape. I think that is one of the more popular ways to run it. Uh, I wanted to build a team, but did not get the chance to this morning, like I wanted to. Uh, to build around the Phytinium Z Infernape, which I think is the is, is just a really cool set. Uh, Nasty Plot, uh, Focus Blast, Vacuum Wave, and then uh, Fire Blast. I think I think it's just fantastic. Yeah, that 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 Fire Priority is really nice. Yeah, it's just it's great. Um, but Choice Scarf Infernape is actually really good as well, and it is very popular in OU. Um, basket is right. And so on the set that we have today, it's uh, it's Flare Blitz, Close Combat, U Turn, Gunk Shot. 252 attack, 252 speed, choice scarf infernate. Uh, he, the Sinnoh starters don't have their hidden abilities yet, do they? Um, I, I don't think they do. I don't think so either. Wow, that is really depressing. <laughs> oh, no, they do. They do. They have it. Um, he has Iron Fist. Iron Fist is his. That's actually a sometimes run on Infernape. You actually do run that sometimes. Uh, and Dimpolian has his hidden ability. I was wrong. They have their hidden abilities. Um, <laughs> Although they gotta watch out for that Torterra, you know, that's a really good competitive mon. It's super good, okay. <laughs> so, so you want, you have Infernape, and you're just like, man, let's build up Infernape. Infernape's weak to, it's weak to, uh, flying, it's weak to psychic, so, uh, what do you do? You bring in Empoleon. Empoleon's here, it's got leftovers, it, uh, this is a standard set, 252 HP, 76 defense, 180 special defense. I'm not sure what those benchmarks are for. But it also can run Defog, you run Scald, you've got Toxic Protect, just you're a Stalli Empoleon. It, it balances out the Infernape pretty well in terms of canceling out its weaknesses. Um, you still do have a pretty decent weakness to uh, fighting, if that's the case. And that lets you bring in Togekiss, which is a fairy flying type, which cancels out that fighting. And this is a very fun Togekiss. Um, this is Nasty Plot Togekiss. I might not have gotten to run the Phytinium Z on the Infernape, but we got the Phytinium Z on the Togekiss. Um, <laughs> and it's nasty plot air slash or sphere and roost 252 special attack 252 speed it, i mean it's it's togekiss you're That's gonna awesome. flinch that that is a fun set though <laughs> it, it is a fun set i i found that on this team and i was just like this is not bad so you've got these mons they're actually a pretty solid they're doing pretty well it's a, it's a decent core and you're just like well what else can we do here you want to fill out that water grass fire core and so you bring in Mega Sceptile, probably the best Mega if ever. Um, I am not a big fan of this set that this person put together because I just stole this team from somewhere else, unfortunately, today. He has Mega Sceptile, Lightning Rod, obviously, uh, 252 Special Attack, 252 Speed because you're going to go fast. You're Sonic the Hedgehog. Leaf Storm, Dragon Pulse, Hidden Power Fire. And then what I don't like is this Earthquake. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, I guess it's to take out opposing fire types or something like that. You say you have EQ on it, but it's still a Mega Sceptile. Its attack stat isn't great. Just run Focus Blast. 
just run Focus Blast. Yeah. It, you're going to do more damage with Focus Blast probably than Earthquake. And so uh, I, I feel like you just round this team out then with just like good UU bonds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're just, like, you're just like, I have a really good Infernape uh, that can do things. And you just go, man, let's let's bring in Scizor. Choice band Scizor. What else do we need? is <laughs> uh, like the Landorus of UU. It is, yep. it is, I think its usage is like crazy high in UU. And choice band, 164 HP, 252 attack, 92 speed. I forget what you're outspeeding with that. Bullet punch, superpower, U-turn, pursuit. Choice band Scizor, that's all you need. That is exactly how you run Scizor. And and also with Scissor now, you're also completing your fantasy core, too. Uh, that is true. You are completing your fantasy core. And then you're just like, man, I just want to be able to set up rocks. And you have hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> 252 HP, 152 defense, 104 special defense, impish, stealth rock, earthquake, toxic slack off. It's standard hip on. It does hip on things. Now, you can, uh, and I think this was fun with hip on. And on this team, I think it would actually play out really, really well because I don't, I'm not a fan of Toxic on both Hippowdon and on Empoleon. I think it would be okay to swap that out for Whirlwind just to get some phasing in as well because mm-hmm. let's say you're in against Air Balloon. Well, this is a UU team, so you wouldn't have to worry about that. But like Air Balloon Heatran would become a problem for that Hippowdon. Hippowdon wouldn't be able to do anything. Whirlwind would help with that. And things like that are things to look out for, right? Especially like levitating mons, uh, levitating steel types. Let's see. I guess not Magnazone. Um, there has to be a levitating steel type of some sort. Uh, Bronzong. There it is. Bronzong would completely just like wall that hip out on. And so then again, hazing is, I think, a much better option in my opinion. But that's that's just me. That's a theory. A thatch theory. <laughs> I didn't get to play with this team yet. I, it looked like fun, though. And I thought it was like it was fairly balanced for UU. And it has like all of the typical UU uh, players in it. So I suggest you go try it out. Make some make some adjustments. I'm going to play with it on stream this week. You guys can come and challenge me and try to beat me with it. Uh, or beat that team and beat me and take home the crown of I beat Thatch on stream. Uh, <laughs> other quick comment about uh, Infernape competitively. It is currently uh, at the top of our kill-death ratio in uh, uh, PDL Season 3. Is it really? Who's it? Yes. Who has it? Fact Luigi. Okay, never mind. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All of these things make sense now. I tried running Infernape. I'm just not a. I I think his. I think Infernape's playstyle just does not mesh well with mine. Um, I'm more of a like we've talked about this on the show last week, briefly. But I'm more of a balanced player than I am like a hyper offensive player. And I think Infernape is more hyper offensive uh, as a Pokemon, especially like look at this choice card set. I mean, Infernape's a frail little boy. He his base stats are pretty bad outside of like his bread and butter. In my view, Infernape is a late game sweeper. Oh yeah, that's you exactly. Rid, you get rid of his, you get rid of his uh, checks and counters, and then you take him out, and he'll like run train. But like, mm-hmm. if you if you use him before that, or if there, or if you don't have a way to get rocks off the field, then he becomes a liability. Uh, rocks aren't that too, aren't too bad of a problem for him since the fighting type resists them, so like you just get standard damage from them. But Infernape's just like, in my eyes, he's pretty mad. His, his base stats are like 76 HP, 104 attack and 104 special attack, 71 in both defenses and 108 speed. So the speed stat's really nice. Um, his attack stats are just like, they're like slightly better than average. Um, well, so my issue with Stealth Rocks and uh, Infernape is you want to be able to U-turn out 
for a lot of things because people are like in the early yeah. game, if you bring him out, people are going to be bringing in things to counter him. So you're switching him out and potentially bringing him back in if they try and bait you or whatever. And um, that's how. So that's just how hazard you're whittling like. down. No I, no, I know, but you're whittling down an already really frail Pokemon. Is yeah. what I'm saying. That's why I'm talking about like yeah. I would want something that would get rid of them just like specifically for him. Like I think Stealth Rocks is really crappy for him specifically. I think I just think hazards are just crappy in general. Um, hazards change Pokemon like significantly. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Stealth Rock's definitely to blame for that. Like Stealth Rock made that uh, made that very evident because it's a one it's a one button click for like full Stealth Rock capability, as opposed mm-hmm. to spikes where you have to like li- set up layers. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the big thing. But yeah, that it is what it is. That's Pokemon for you. Um, but I guess that'll be it for Infernape this week. Uh, if you're a patron, look out for the shiny one. Uh, I apologize for the delay on the shiny Umbreon. That is that is going to be out. Well, that will have been out by the time you guys are there. So if you want the shiny Umbreon from last week, it's going to be running until Tuesday. Um, go and get that if you're a patron. And then, of course, if you, uh, I, I guess this is where we're going to leave Snag and at Basket today because there's no mailbag. Yep. We're going to be reading your emails next episode. So go check that out uh, next next week. But we're going to switch it on over to an interview with False White Gaming. Uh, but before that, I guess we're going to say goodbye to uh, Basket and Snag. I haven't figured out this transition yet. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Yep, Take bye. care. Yeah, bye, bye, guys. Uh, so, like I said, look out for the battle spot to see how Upple finishes. Yep. So that'll be it from those guys. And so we're going to switch gears over to two weeks ago, Thatch. Huckle presents a special interview. And welcome to another Puckle interview. I've got Kellen here from False Swipe Gaming. Uh, so welcome to the show. I appreciate you coming on. Hey, how's it going? Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, no. So first of all, um, I, I just introduced you, but go ahead and just like give the elevator speech for what you do and wh- why you're notable in the Pokemon community. False Swipe Gaming is a more or less competitive Pokemon channel where we release a video every week and we're most famously known for the how good was insert Pokemon here actually series. And I direct all of the videos and my voice is in it. And my voice is, that's fantastic. <laughs> and I, I, I used to do um, all of the jobs. And then I did that for like almost all of 2017. Like I directed it, I edited it, I recorded it all like seven well i i used to do only up to gen six and then gen seven and then so basically recording it seven times and then Oof. the sound editing and then finally i was like all right you know oh and the writing and then finally i was like oh, okay i need i need help <laughs> so i better, <laughs> oh, I better I go that. out i better go outsource some stuff <laughs> yeah i i completely yeah. understand that mentality <laughs> yeah and then uh, the video just kept getting bigger and bigger, and now I have two—I don't, I don't know, like two hundred twenty something thousand subscribers. That's a major accomplishment, though. Like that. So, congratulations on that, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that's great. Um, so I'm gonna open up. I open up all these interviews with a uh, set of just rapid fire questions, just to kind of loosen us up a little bit, uh-huh. and uh, we're just quick answers, whatever comes to the top of your mind. Um, okay. So these are just pretty generic. We're gonna know you as a Pokemon fan. All right, uh, I'm so, ready. All right. Favorite Pokemon, all time. Go, Gyarados. Done. Uh, first Pokemon game that you've ever played. Pokemon Red. Uh, favorite Pokemon game. Period. Pokemon Soul Silver. Uh, favorite Pokemon spinoff game. Uh, oh my god, that's a tough. Oh wait, no, that's not a tough one. Pokemon Coliseum. 
Oh, okay. That's that's actually a good answer. Uh, now this one, this one always trips people up. Favorite TM. Favorite TM. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> earthquake. That's the answer that everybody gives, and it's great. Uh, <laughs> every once in a while, you get somebody who says TM twenty six, which is even better. Is that uh, sandstorm? No, TM twenty six is earthquake all the time, all day. Every oh, day. Uh, I don't know. I only I only know for numbers. I only know that eighty seven is a is swagger. <laughs> Just for the memes, right? Yeah, or from the, the Shofu song. Ooh, that's true, that's true. Uh, okay, final question. Sobble, Score Bunny, or Grookey? Grookey. Grookey gang, all right. That's good That's good to know. Uh, we, we're not on the same team, but that's okay. Uh, all right, so I just want to, I have a list of questions here just to kind of open it up. So let's just, let's just open it up. How did you get into YouTube? What were your inspirations? Stuff like that. I've been okay. It's funny how I found YouTube when I was so I've been watching YouTube since I was a middle schooler, essentially. Um, I was well, that was like 2006, 2007. And how I found it was I was really into Naruto. And yes, <laughs> and <laughs> back then they didn't ban people from or they didn't, yeah, they didn't ban um, or uh, copyright strike people for posting episodes of, of anime. So I was trying to watch the Japanese episodes before they uh because the episodes were like you know in america they were behind in the series and i wanted to just keep Mm -hmm. watching it so i just googled like naruto episodes english subs and then they just popped up and then i just kept watching (laughs) i kept watching it on youtube until they took them down and then eventually i was like oh maybe youtube has other stuff too (laughs) so i searched (laughs) i would search up like pokemon and whatever like pokemon was probably my first one um first thing for me to search up that and like maple story and like halo mm. or basically all the games that i was into at the time and uh yeah so then from 2006 to 2008 i like i religiously watched youtube actually you know i still do so i guess it, it should actually just be from 2006 to 2019 and uh, <laughs> i think that's the same for me too like yeah i think right around 2006 is when i started that was right when it like the heyday of early youtube like smosh and stuff yeah yeah smosh that niga higa yeah, um, I, I wasn't that big a fan of Fred at all. Yeah, uh, um, and then like for as far as like Pokemon YouTubing goes, I watched a really I don't know if your viewers will remember who this person is, but I watched a really old school YouTuber called the Pokemon blogger. And all because like how I found him was I was I heard that a bunch of people got dark Rye from like Toys R Us. And I did not think to just check Sarah B for some reason. So I um I was trying to look up a way to get Dark Ride without hacking. And then I just found his videos of and it was literally his videos are just him. He sits at Toys R Us for hours. And he just he has two DSs or and two games or whatever. And then he just tries to like he tries to farm Dark Rise essentially by trading himself a Dark Ride and then resetting and he just stays there. And I would watch his videos like all the time. Like that was like the first PokeTuber I ever watched. So uh, as a quick interjection, we used to collaborate with him very heavily. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and right around that time as well. Uh, he was actually on the show. He was on the show. I believe it was like episode 16. This episode's like 387 or something like that. So oh, Jesus. it was a while ago, <laughs> <laughs> but he was on the show on like episode 16 for anybody who's curious, which is, it's crazy that we both have that in common. Yeah. From his videos, I would watch like more Pokemon videos, obviously. And then I found Killer Nacho, um, really old school like PokeTuber who would just upload battle, uh, competitive battles. And then that's how I got into competitive. And then I would just like watch like 
from and then from Kevin Lacho, I would watch like uh, Black Blastoise or Shofu or whoever was around at the time. I, I don't know the exact uh, times that everyone popped up, but there's a point from like 2008 to 20, like to 2010 or 2011 that competitive Pokemon, like the PokeTubers of competitive Pokemon, they were just all uploading battles like left and right there. There was like, there's so many like at, that were active, like Magnitude, mm-hmm. PokeAim, obviously, um, Kwando Ren 66, Dangerous 36M, Xerxes, Shofu, all these people. And then, yeah, I would just, I would watch them all the time. And then I would, do you know, do you remember something called, uh, you were around for that time with uh, with Pokemon Blogger, and his yes, name was Zelgrath, right? Was, wait, I have a question. Was that was that his actual no, absolutely name? Absolutely not. He made it off like that. Was no. Okay, I was gonna I was gonna say no. I no. I forget his actual name because we we usually just back then that was like bigger when handles were much bigger on the internet than they are now. Yeah, like I still go by Thatch, but my name's not Thatch, yeah. right? So like we went by handles a lot more often back then. I think it's more from like the AOL Instant Messenger hangover. Uh, and stuff like that. Okay. We, we, I mean, you just went by you went by nicknames, and so mm. uh, I forget his actual name. I actually don't remember off the top of my head. I used to know it. <laughs> yeah, well, he was. Um, uh, oh yeah, do you remember something called Zat Chats? Yes, absolutely. I, I used to, yeah, I used to those, use those very much so. Yeah, those were like the hubs for like trying to find people to play. Because like the thing about Diamond and Pearl was that it was so it was revolutionary in a way for pokemon the pokemon community and pokemon youtubing because you could wi-fi battle all the time and the way to, for me to, like since aside from the people at school who i've already beaten mm-hmm. uh, i was trying to find more people to play online and then i think the first zat chat i joined was zelgarath's uh, zat chat and they were very much I, they were like the first like that's crazy they're also very because very we anti <laughs> i was there they were very anti yeah you, i think if you were there, I might have seen your name. Um, because I was I was definitely like one of the mods and slash I was slash one of the owners of that chat. Yeah, that's why your name rings a bell too. Mm-hmm. Do you remember a guy named like Six Tails? Yes, or I remember Six Tails. He's okay, actually yeah, on, yeah, he's yeah, actually right, been on right. this show as well. <laughs> <laughs> but they were very much anti pokegenic Yes, which, they were. Um, I didn't I didn't really care one way or the other. I just wanted a battle. It's and it's a really good thing I found Pokemon online and then eventually uh, showdown mm-hmm. later. But yeah, so they were the first ones I joined, and then I would join like random ones just to see if anyone would want to play. And then I just kept battling. I was really bad. I didn't really. I mean, I still am bad. Um, <laughs> but like compared, especially compared to like you know the people who play in tournaments, I've only um, like uh, in Diamond and Pearl. I consider Diamond and Pearl to be one of the best like metas. But yeah, I, I can agree with I'm that actually. Ter- but I'm actually like terrible at it. Like <laughs> I didn't start really understanding competitive Pokemon, like the plays behind it, and like the reads and whatever until like gen five mm-hmm. um which is a meta that a lot of people don't like <laughs> because of the weather <laughs> it is pretty bad with polytone and nine tails uh yeah it's pretty bad Not, gen gen five was pretty bad it was really unbalanced <laughs> it's, re- it's really bad but i also play I also play melee, so like, <laughs> like competitively, or I did. So I'm not. I'm. I don't mind that there's like a set amount of Pokemon that are just always at the top. I feel That's like fair. there is some merit to if your player, if your opponent, sorry, if your opponent has the the same things as you do, like the same good tools. I I still think there's merit in trying to outplay them with the same tools that you have. Yeah, which is like the way I see it. But I do think I that. A Pokemon meta should be very diverse. I mean, there's 800 of them. 
Yes. Like you can't, but you, they still have like, there's only like 20 good ones <laughs> at, a, at any given time. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right now it's particularly but, bad, but yeah. But yeah. But then on the topic of YouTube, like I would watch all those Poketubers and then um, I would also do YouTube videos myself. I tried to get into Pokemon uh, battling YouTube, but like I was, um, I couldn't make myself like stand out and. To be fair, I wasn't, I was trying to get like a lot of subs on YouTube, but I was also like, I was young and stupid. and I was just like the the mentality I have now compared to how I was back then, like it's completely different mm-hmm. and it shows obviously. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, I've been around for a while in terms of YouTube, just like as like a smaller YouTuber, I, I won't disclose well, <laughs> what my channels, my old channels were. I mean, most of the videos are gone anyway. So when did you start to do false swipe gaming and why did you do that? Why'd you make that transition? Um, I started Fossil Gaming at the end of 2016, basically after I graduated uh, undergrad. I'm in graduate school right now. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, there was a channel before False Swipe Gaming, and this is I'm not embarrassed to share this one because it's actually pretty good. Um, called SSBM Tutorials because I was I I still am, but I was in the melee community. Mm-hmm. Uh, after basically after I quote unquote retired from competitive Pokemon by retired, I just kind of stopped playing uh, <laughs> r- regularly. Uh, after 2014, I should, yeah, 2014, I because I wanted to get into melee and I wanted to focus on melee. Like I watched the Smash documentary. Oh yeah, and that's I thought it was good. I I thought it was awesome. Um, and I always loved Smash, and I, I just thought it was so cool that like I don't know if it's just like nostalgia or whatever. I think I I bank on nostalgia a lot, but um, I, I and I love nostalgia, but like I thought it was so cool that melee was still the preferred like competitive game. And this was before Smash Four came yeah. out, so like people, I was like, oh yeah, melee is better than brawl. Oh, that's cool, and it's also super fast to watch at high level. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I want to do that. So I started playing it a lot, and uh, so eventually, when I, uh, I, I'm in SoCal, so eventually, when I started playing with more SoCal people, I met like more SoCal players, and then I met this player named Kira who was. Like he was like uh, power ranked, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure he was top 100 at some point in the world. And uh, we became pretty good friends. And then um, he always knew that. Like, like I've always been, I've always had like a a knack for like editing and stuff. That I mean, that's my career choice right now. Oh, cool. is that's what I'm getting my graduate degree in right now. Um, but, but I started like editing in. Uh, I guess I'm I, I'm sorry if the timeline is so construed right <laughs> now. But I started <laughs> I started editing when I was in middle school. Like when I was like 13 and I, on Sony Vegas, um, well, I started with Windows Movie Maker, obviously, but then <laughs> I figured out that I soon with more Googling, I figured out that, oh, there's way better uh, editing programs where I don't have to do everything frame by frame <laughs> in pictures. If I want yes. something like be- beyond <laughs> the stupid blue screen yes. with white text. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i started editing from there and then i kind of just kept at it like i would always like edit for my high school and middle school projects and like just do videos just to to practice i'd always do like some random videos on like whatever video games i'd be i'd be doing just to like learn the program but anyway so he knew i had like a knack for like editing and uh and i had all this equipment to capture like video games like i had a capture card and i had one for like wow yeah way Way back back then then, yeah i mean well this is like 2014 um yeah, but okay, I, but so I've had like I had a dazzle that. before and like and I had a I think I still used it for the first time. But then oh no 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 I had an HD PVR that's what I used for the first yeah yeah oh so, wow yeah um so I had that and then he was like oh you do you want to record 
like you want to make some melee videos to just help out our scene like because i want to make everyone better and i was like yeah sure i'm down, i'm down to help and then eventually we decided that there's no harm in uh making the videos like you know reach out to more people like it benefits them it benefits us so then we just kept making videos and eventually the channel grew bigger than i thought it would be so and then right now it's ssbm tutorials on youtube uh it's um it's mm-hmm. kind of dead right now but it's still gaining subscribers just because melee people will always be like as long as melee is still alive people new people will always be looking to get better and then they'll just like we have a, like a lot of noob friendly uh tutorials and whatnot on there so that was like my first quote-unquote big channel i don't really consider below five hundred thousand that big in the grand scheme of things but that was like my first exposure to like even though i've been doing youtube like as like a smaller a really small creator up until then that was my first exposure to actually like running a channel like with a significant amount of people watching and then mm-hmm. eventually but what i didn't like and like i i, I um i love kira but what I didn't like was that since, you know, since he was the pro, he would be, he was the one writing it and that's fine. But I didn't like having to wait for him to make videos. And eventually I was like, you know, I want to make, I want to do my own channel. And then it originally false Five gaming was going to be like a smash focused channel. But I, I was like, wait, I'm not that like, I'm like, okay at the game, but I'm not like pro level. So like who would watch me is what I thought, which is also not a good mentality to have because there, you can always bring something to the table, in my opinion, to any community. It doesn't oh, really matter what skill level you're at. You can always bring something. Like even if it's just talking about high level play, like I still, if you, as long as you present it in a very good way, I still think that's a, it, um, it's, it'll be viable. But anyway, so I was like, well, what's the only other thing that I know like a lot about, like that I spent a significant amount of time on? Oh yeah, competitive Pokemon. So, um, I wanted to, I did want to make the, ch- I, I didn't. I did want to make the channel as big as SSBM tutorials, but it I didn't make it with the goal of like highly profiting profiting off of it. I just wanted to make something like cool, yeah. like something that I would watch. And how I thought of the how good was actually uh, was actually serious was it was like it was thought of in like two parts. Is like one, um, my friends my friends knew like my Smash friends knew that I used to play competitive Pokemon, and they would just ask me like, oh, so how so how good was this Pokemon or how good was this? And then I would, I keep listening like, well, in gen one, it was, it was this good, but then it kind of sucked in the next gen. And then, and then this happened with the mechanics or whatever. And then I was like, oh, this is actually a pretty good idea. And then um, the second part is that I noticed that competitive Pokemon Poketubing was like kind of, aside from Poke Aim and Blunder, like basically, uh, and Cybertron, Cybertron's great, by the way. He's a great guy too. I mean, they're all great yeah. guys. Um, but I, I noticed that a lot of them, like, I love the information that they were presenting because obviously, you know, you know, they're high level players. So the information they're they're presenting is amazing. But, you know, like in terms of like audience retention, it wasn't the greatest because like I always think that editing is usually the best way to go. I know in terms of just throwing like outputting videos in quantity, it isn't the best, but that's not my style. And uh, I still think like editing will always like will always do well so i noticed that Mm -hmm. like i don't want to call them like the cat i don't mean to demean them in any way when i say like the casual poketubers but basically like (laughs) i I don't i don't mean that as this like but like the poketubers who who are like you know like top 10 ashes whatever or top 10 pikachu moments or what what have you i noticed they were getting a, a crap ton of views 
and their editing was amazing. Well, like they're okay, not amazing, but their editing was great. Like it was very solid. It ca- it um catches the viewers' attention like very well, or it keeps the audience retention very well. So I wanted to kind of unite the two styles, and that's how like with my with the experience I had from SSBN tutorials, that's how I uh, came up with the series, and then um I made the. It took me like maybe like three months to make the Charizard video, but only because. I didn't really know what direction it was going to go in. And um, I didn't even know how many gens I wanted to cover. I straight up skipped two gens in that one, which I am not proud of. I considered that <laughs> the worst video on that channel. Like not even the me- like the melee sketches is, uh, is actually better than that one, which is the other video that was on there in the beginning. And uh, out of curiosity, how well does that one do in the metrics? Because it says Charizard in the title. It, sure. it does It does very well. <laughs> Enormously. It was like the first yeah. one to reach past 500k. So, I, yeah. I can imagine. But <laughs> I do plan to do a remake of it at some point. Um, just because it's the first video I've ever done, right? And then, but, yeah. And then, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was like, that's how the series came up. It took me three months to make it. And because uh, I didn't really have a workflow like I do now that where I can do it in a week. And I also didn't really have the proper recording methods for it either until like later. And then, and and I was also like, I was just like, I was still like, this was my first year of graduate school when this was happening. So I was pretty busy. So yeah. Yeah. I can't, I know that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've been there. And yeah. Done that. <laughs> so that's why it took like a while to come out. But then at first it's, it's funny. Cause at first I was kind of discouraged to um not to continuing the channel, but that like, Oh, maybe this, you know, maybe this series idea wasn't the best idea ever. Um, because like when I would try to spread it around, like I, I, and also it's funny cause I don't even go to Reddit anymore to spread things around. But when people ask me like, Oh, how do you get this consistent amount of views for this series? And it's like, I don't know, like, it's not Reddit. I can tell you that much. There's like some of the other Poketubers that I would meet later. They'd ask me like, is there any, do you post this like anywhere? Like I was like, no. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Yeah. I was discouraged in terms of view count because like, so I def I did promote the Charizard video at the end of, and uh, at the end of a Luigi video on SSBM tutorials, because I wanted, I just wanted something to start mm-hmm. with. I didn't expect like that many people to go over because it smashed the Pokemon, but they're both Nintendo games. So I expected like, yeah, at least like a thousand subs and which is exactly what I got, which was fine. But I thought that it would like gradually gain more it, and it would, but it didn't, it took a while. So after like the first uh, month, it only had like maybe like 20 K views. And I was kind of discouraged. Like, and then because it only had 20 K views. And then when I threw it on Reddit, it only got four uploads. So I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess I can, I can think of other ideas. It's fine. And then three months mm-hmm. later with me not paying attention to it, I said I was going to do like a Venusaur video later, but I was like, oh, if it doesn't do well, then maybe I should because it already, it already it took so much time just to make that because I didn't have a process yet. So um, yeah, and then like I think in, it was like in February of 2017 where me and Kira were like making the next SSBM tutorials video, and then he was asking me like, oh, how's it? How's that? Uh, that new channel you you were doing? Like how how's that going? I was like, oh, I don't know. Let's check. And then all of a sudden it had like 100k views. I was like, wait a second. And as I wasn't paying attention to it, I was like, oh, my God. Well, what just happened? <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I, yeah. guess I, I, I guess I'll just make the next one. And then it just kept compounding afterwards. And then once I made Dragonite is when yeah. I knew that the idea was going to be good. Because when I made Dragonite, uh, if you notice the first few False Swipe Gaming videos, like 
I was trying to think of a title that was was unique, well, not unique, but like I was trying to think of a title that was like um that like kind of represented how the Pokemon did. So that's why like Blastoise yeah. isn't so great, which is also a melee inside joke. Um, Venusaur <laughs> is most the most consistent, which is like the worst titling I've ever thought of, but whatever it worked. And uh, top tier every generation for Starmie, what? But then I could not think of something for Dragonite for the life of me. And I was just like, well, what am I trying to say in this video anyways? Like, I'm trying to, like, um, my base, the basic premise of these videos is to show that, like, when you play optimally or, like, what in, like, a where something that has a meta is to show, like, it's to, like, get rid of any misconceptions about the Pokemon. So, like, I know that for, like, does Charizard actually suck? Because the title was made because, well, one, it, it's eye-catchy, like, and two, like, um, I've always heard, like, the, you know, it's a meme where, like, oh, Oh look, it's Charizard. Just throw stealth rocks at it, right? And then yeah. <laughs> but then I was like, well, and then the basic the reason why I thought of that title was like, well, there's a time before stealth rocks and Charizard was actually pretty decent. And then once it got its mega forms, obviously, it's like shot through the roof, right? So, yeah, so it's it yeah. basically it's a, it's like one of the other premises of the sh- of the the series was to dispel some some like not I don't want to say ignorance, but like some like you know like you know misconceptions of a pokemon and or mm-hmm. regardless of yeah, if I can get that or to show that regardless of if your pokemon is your favorite it probably isn't really like the best so with that in mind i was just like well what, what am i trying to say with dragon eyes like oh i'm just trying to s- tell people how good it actually was and then the, the word actually came up again i was like okay uh, how good was dragon uh, actually yeah. and then that one took off and i was like oh you know what i'll just use this title for all of them whatever I mean, that's basically what I'm saying anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it makes your life easier, right? <laughs> and then the rest is history. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. So moving on from that, uh, just like a couple of quick ones. Um, so uh, so you say this takes a week now. So like, how do you do your research into like Gen 1 and 2 meta? Do you just like look at Smogon? Or, I mean, I did just do? look at Smogon and then I would watch uh, or not watch. I would look at like some of their old like ruins of ALF to find any like type of uh ah, like storylines okay. or whatever not really storylines but you know like changes that if it ever went through but mm-hmm. then eventually like it eventually um when i brought on like my writer is bkc who is one of like like one of like the best singles players like ever so he already kind of knows like he's yeah. been around like in smoking like for a long time so he basically already knows everything so i mean he ba- so mm-hmm. he he and he and he's re- and some of the some of the stuff that I would look up were written by him. And so, you know, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> so perfect he, man. he's, he is the research <laughs> basically. <laughs> and then like, yeah. And if it's a cool <laughs> Pokemon that he knows has never been used, he'll just look up articles too. So yeah, I have my writer do most of the, for the singles, I have my writer uh, do the research by just like reading a bunch of like smoking articles or smoking forums or looking for any changes. And then look, and of course, like looking at the usage stats, like from back then compared to now. Um, and yeah. then for VGC, I go on Nugget Bridge, uh, Trainer Tower for present day meta. And then if I, if I, um, and, and I hit up like the, some of the more prominent people in the scene. So I used to hit up Cybertron a lot just to like get some, just to find oh, really? like a basis to where I can start looking or if you can just give me a rundown on it. And then now I hit up like Lightcore, who's like, who runs a, or he, he works at Trainer Tower and he like, Posts all the articles and the placements and stuff, and uh, uh, Marcus Statter, aka, AKA Thirteen Yoshi Thirty Seven, who's um, mm-hmm. 
who, you know, he's a very good player. He's placed that very well at tournaments several times, but he, he has placed very well at worlds as, as well. But, but yeah, so I asked, I basically asked people who are like experts in the field and then, cause you know, that's usually the best place to find it. And then if they really, and if a Pokemon, and usually I only have this problem if a Pokemon is terrible, but if they really can't tell me anything about mm-hmm. it, I just try to find something like on maybe like stun Fisk or VGC with hats or like, <laughs> like it's like something like some people try yeah. to use it and then i just because even if a pokemon is terrible the cool thing about it is that you can always the information on why it's terrible is also pretty interesting so so yeah mm-hmm. like um that's basically it like it's the cool thing about competitive pokemon or really competitive anything is that there's usually a, a competitive community usually has a hub to find things uh where everything is so for Pokemon, for competitive, that would be Smogan because, I mean, they've been around for so long and it's pretty widely accepted that, like, aside from VGC, for sing- or for single specifically, it's pretty widely accepted that, you know, they'll, like, you know, people like the rules and whatever. And then for VGC, you know, uh, VGC Nugget Bridge was, like, the back in the day, anyway, it was, like, the place to find, like, everything. And they, did, they would post, like, the placements. And then, like, if I've heard that someone placed very like if if like like for example if light cord tells me like oh one of my friends placed pretty well with it at this tournament but i can't find it on nugget bridge then it's more than likely going to be on the pokemon official website yeah and like if it's like a top eight and especially if it's seniors because they don't really document seniors that well um no, or they, they did or yeah or if they did like they said that some of the nugget bridge articles were lost which really sucks it sucks for me yeah I get hit up by people like, "Hey, you missed this place." And I was like, "Oh my god, I feel so bad. I'm so sorry." Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't see it or whatever. And then, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, that, that's basically it. Like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Like Pokemon has a really specific, or the Pokemon community has very specific places to to get like your competitive information. And I think that that makes things way easier because back in the beginning, I was trying to cover like a bunch of different metas because I thought it was more worthwhile to. To see how people before there was an actual like community to really like drive the competitive scene forward, I wanted to see how people played without that, which is where how I found like like the first like Nintendo Cup tournaments or whatever. Or but then I realized that like well, for one thing, the rules are way different. So three on three does not apply to six on six. So no, um, it doesn't. And the six on six meta also has its own history that's pretty long. For like people who played on like I didn't even know this existed by the way, but then BKC showed me like that people used to play on simulators before Pokemon Online, and I I forget the name of it, but it was called um I think it was called Net Battle. That it was Net Battle. Um, right? there was because Pokemon Online wasn't the first one. It was Shoddy. Yeah, battle. it was def- it was Shoddy Battle, and then but yeah. but there was something before that too. Yes, there was. It, it was uh, Net Battle, and then even before that, yeah. yeah, and even before that, there was one for Gen One specifically on some like some university website, which yes. I think is crazy. That was probably somebody's project to make a simulator, which I thank them, whoever they are. I thank them wholeheartedly for that. Cause they started essentially started like, you know, like the gut or founded the simulator anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like six on six goes back a, like a while. And so eventually like I was just like, okay, well, Nintendo cup can get its own video just for the, the nostalgia of being the first Pokemon tournaments ever like official ones anyway but and i mean that's i think i have a script written up for that i just haven't like i just haven't gotten to um to creating it but but yeah that's how um that's why i kind of if there's anyone wondering why i 
stopped covering Nintendo Cup. That's why <laughs> it's not like they're just not the same metas. And also, like, there's more history with the six on six. Uh, yes, there meta is. and um, and it's still changing today, which is crazy. Like, I thought metas were solved. But if I know anything from Melee is that oh, even yeah. if like a game doesn't get patched, it can still evolve mm-hmm. even a de- literally a decade later. Like what happened with Duck Trio, so, <laughs> so <laughs> or yes. what happened with uh actually yeah it is a decade later when when did Diamond and Pearl come out two thousand and eight two thousand and seven two thousand and seven so. yeah or almost in, like Needle Queen is oh you now you know like yeah stuff like that so so it's yeah definitely crazy um, yeah I agree with that <laughs> I'm so glad that there's like a central hub for e for doubles and singles like like they each have their own respective hubs and I just literally just have to look there. Because yeah. that's where the most, play, you know, I go, you you know, we can say like, oh, it doesn't cover like every single player in the world, but no meta really does. Right. So we're going to oh, find the ones not. that reward. We're going to find. So I just want to cover the most popular metas, the most like, I guess, socially accepted metas or whatever, for lack of better words. And uh, the ones that have at like, you know, a decent amount of entrance to get a good sample size and that have actual prizes so that there's actual stakes, you know. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, and for like melee, it'd be I think the central. Well, the central hub is like it was Smashboards, and now it's like melee it on me, and then Twitter or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, like melee, I know where to I, I know where to find everything because I've been there in the community for like five years <laughs> now. So yeah, that but makes yeah. sense. Uh, so last question then, uh, what was like your favorite Pokemon to do a video on? Pokemon or interesting that was interesting or just you, you liked working on it? Oh, uh, um. There's like there was definitely a couple there. I can tell you which ones I didn't like working on. But. Oh, yeah, that's a good answer too. <laughs> uh, basically, any of the longer ones I didn't like working on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think recently Shedinja that was actually super fun to make because I didn't expect it to be good at all. I mean, it isn't good, but I didn't expect it to have those. I mean, I knew it had niches and Ubers, but I didn't know to what extent and. Especially and in VGC, especially, I didn't expect it to do anything there, but I just think it's hilarious how it just it can just block some of the the most powerful Pokemon out there, and just by being by it's useful just by virtue of like the the most powerful Pokemon like the Ubers or the restricted Mons or whatever you want to call them, they're just scaring away everything that kills Shedinja, but they can't kill Shedinja themselves. <laughs> so I think that's hilarious. And then um, I think when I was doing everything by myself. Um, I mean, granted, everything is way too short. Obviously, Gyarados because he's my favorite Pokemon, but also, uh, I think Starmie was fun to make because, and th- and this was back when like I made everything short, but like Starmie, it doesn't Starmie doesn't look like a, a competitive Pokemon, you know? Like it's just one of those. It's just you Starmie, like about it, right? Yeah, you but wouldn't so think good. about it. Yeah, yeah, but it's super good. So I thought that was I thought that was cool. That was fun to make. Um. And basically anything with an interesting mechanic, like oh Quagsire, that was really fun to make. Um, yeah. Quagsire is good too. Yeah, and the Dunsparce. That I was, saw that one. I saw that one. That was hilarious. <laughs> I I think that was the. I don't know who came up with that idea amongst my writers or me, but I thought that was funny. And uh, I was just glad that like we recorded this, like um, actually, did, or we edited this this Mewtwo bait, and then. But the whole week, I was actually just recording Dunsparce. <laughs> so <laughs> that's still uh, great. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess the, the, those would be my favorites. And then, obviously, like the—I mean, not as far as like other side videos go. I think 
Gen 1 Battling Explained Part 2 with the best Pokemon. That was fun to make mm-hmm. because I like, I don't know. I have a really big soft spot for the first. I'm not a Gen 1-er, but I have a really big soft spot for um, Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow specifically just because of how insanely broken it is. And I don't like playing competitive Gen 1. I like, there's a, it's weird. I like hearing about it because of the absurdities in it. And I like seeing the, um, I like hearing about the glitches and whatever, but I don't like, well, I, I like doing the glitches for fun, or I, or I did as a kid, but like in terms of like battling, I, no, I would not play Gen 1. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that was fun to make, um, just as, so I could see the absurd mechanics for myself. And yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so I think that's all I have today. Um, so if you want to just let everybody know where they can find you, um, so if they want to follow on your content, I'm sure they already know about you. I had been requested to have you on the show, like by, I, I swear, 20 people oh, Okay, <laughs> came up to me and said, cool. we want full swipe gaming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, if you could, I mean, but if you could just go ahead for the, maybe like the two people listening <laughs> that don't know who you All are, right. tell them where to All find right. you. All right, sure. Well, you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash false swipe gaming and on Twitter uh, at, uh, at false swipe G. Or if you want to just follow me specifically, it's just at Kellen underscore FSG. That's great. And uh, yeah, great. Thanks for being on then. Uh, I really appreciate yeah, it. Thanks this for having really me. It was fun. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. So uh, I'm going to cut it right here and uh, I'll do my outro. <laughs> if you want more Puckly goodness, make sure to check out Puckle Plus where we post extra shows on thursdays dushiro is going to be posting a tcg cast this week once again thanks to false wipe gaming for showing up to the show today it was a fantastic interview and it was great talking to him and i hope everybody on the show enjoyed it and as well if you want to uh, help support the show there's a few ways to do it when you go over to twitch and check out just our twitch content orange myself and Jushiro tw- stream weekly and it's a it's just a good time all around we all really enjoy hanging out with you guys and just playing some pokemon and you can also subscribe there, donate bits. It's a great time. Like I said, go check it out if you want more content. YouTube.com as well is a great place to watch. Go subscribe if you haven't. We're on our road to a 1,000 subscribers. We're working our way slowly there so we can get remonetized. And then, of course, you can always support the show by going to our T Public store where we do a bunch of crazy cool things uh, like make t-shirts for different sports teams or hang out with different co-hosts and stuff like that. It's it's a really cool place to go. Uh, and you can just get stickers. It's a really good time. And Ozzy's newest design for PokoCon is also fantastic. You can also uh, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash PucklePodcast where you can get things such as this, uh, this week's Shiny Infernate. So be sure to do that. And finally, if you want to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, pretty much anywhere social media is sold, Puckle is there. Find us there, Puckle Podcast, and in the links in the show notes. So thanks again to everybody for hanging out. And here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's closing time. Yeah.
as always, we here at the Puckle Podcast would like to thank all of our patrons for supporting the show and helping us do some awesome, crazy stuff. There are even more of you than there were last week. So let's see if I can do this without killing myself. So thank you to Juicebox, Greg, Michaela, Viger, Gus, Duly Noted, Ten Little Men, Andrea, The Fluffiest Whimsicott, Dr. Shamu, Snag, Dexio, Christian, Jushiro, Rotted Mushroom, Alvarin, Seth Vilo, Marcus, Claude Nine, Jonathan, Chris, Tim, Steve, R. Sigma, Doc McStuffles, Nathan, Golden Klefke, The British Gent, Trevor, TJ, Alex, Doc Knox, Dennis, Echo, Michael, Taylor, Shambles, Andrew, Birdkeeper Cobra, Dark Shaggy, Jeremy, Louise, Wade, Kevin, Justin, Eric, Tank, Tavis, Jonathan, Greg, Bodtech, Chris, Alec, Mikey, Ozzy, Josh, Dark Flame, Smacky the Frog, Jordan, Beniza, Coop de Jarnak, Huitku, Half Full Reviews, Rory, Sparky, Nick, Dylan, Shira, Ironcaster, Orange Avenger, Thomas, Zero, Curtis, Anime Gravy, Hazelnut, Joseph, Travy, Julie, Alex, and The Real Evie. <laughs> Thank you to all of you guys, and if you want your name at the end of the show, just go over to our Patreon at patreon.com. And like I say, we appreciate everything you guys do and help keep the show awesome. So thanks, guys, and next week we will catch you on the flip-flop. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.